Thank you for listening to the First Baptist Church podcast. If you would like more information about our church, please visit www.fbcottawa.org. Speaking of light, light in the heavens, heavenly light. Can you imagine the light on that mountain with Peter, James, and John? Now, Peter, James, and John, David, they had to put their phones away. <laughs> they had to go away to a place that was away from where everything was. In fact, they were taken by Jesus up on a high mountain, much like Moses was up on a high mountain. They were taken to a place where they were going to be given, well, a lesson in light seeing. They were going to be given a lesson in, in seeing the light that was most important. You might even dare say they were going to be taken up on the mountain to see the light that never moves, it never changes, the North Star. They were going to go up on a mountain and Jesus was going to be revealed more fully to them. It fully in his glory, full of light. He was transfigured before them. I wonder if they needed sunglasses. Up on that mountain with Peter, James, and John, Jesus appears in dazzling white and he's speaking with Moses and Elijah. He couldn't have been speaking with two greater figures than Moses and Elijah. Moses, the liberator, the one who goes to Pharaoh and says, let my people go. Moses, the one who led the children of Israel across the Red Sea, holding his staff up the waters, parting Moses, who was at the burning bush, receiving, hearing the name of God, I am who I am. Moses, who was on the mountain receiving the Ten Commandments, Moses. Moses, at least by tradition, attributed the first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch, the Torah, the books of Moses. Like Moses is on the mountain speaking with Jesus. And then Elijah, the prophet of the prophets, Elijah of Mount Carmel, Elijah who calls down fire from heaven over against the prophets of Baal, Elijah considered to be kind of the head of the anointing of the prophets in many ways. Thus says the Lord, Elijah, Jesus is speaking with Moses and Elijah, and yet it's as if they were the little stars of the Big Dipper. Perhaps, perhaps it's Moses, Elijah, and the disciples, and they're always on the Mount of Transfiguration. They're just pointing one place. They're pointing to the North Star. That's Jesus. That's Jesus. Because that's the voice from heaven after all, isn't it? There on the mountain, like in Peter, James, and John's mind, they were transfixed as Jesus was transfigured. They were transfixed as Jesus is speaking with Moses and Elijah. How is that even possible? And yet, as they crouched down in astonishing fear, amazing awe, they are left with just Jesus alone who says, do not be afraid. 
They're seeing that which is not going to change the revelation of divine love. They're seeing the full glory of God revealed. They're seeing light on the mountain. They're seeing the North Star of our lives. Jesus, the one who is the greater than Moses, the prophet of prophets, and the one who gives his life for us. We're fascinated. I'm fascinated with the story, and we're fascinated with stories of of spiritual renewal and breakthrough. We all want and desire light on the mountain, don't we? Peter was so overwhelmed with light on the mountain that he wanted to stay. Let's build some tents, some booze, some little places to hang out. This is awesome. What a revival we're having. Peter didn't want to go anywhere. We need those moments. God is gracious in those moments. I still wonder, however, if it's, is it that the moments, the burning bush, if you will, is always available and we just don't often take time to see it? Or is it there are times when God just breaks through in unique ways, or is it both? There's... I mentioned last week there's a revival, a renewal, an event. There's something going on at Asbury University. Uh, I graduated from Asbury Theological Seminary across the street. Estes Chapel, in which I've spent much time as a student at Asbury Theological Seminary, is an overflow for what's happening on the campus of Asbury University. Student-led Some big-time worship leaders apparently have called and wanted to help with worship. They're still going. It's 10 days later. They went to chapel on Wednesday, February the 8th, and they didn't leave, and they haven't left. Now they're having to take turns getting in. There's people outside and all kinds of things going on. And we are rightfully fascinated, curious, perhaps awed. We want Surely all of us, in some way, we long for God breakthroughs in our lives. We, we long for the presence of God in our lives. We want to see. We want to we have our eyes transfixed upon the transfigured one in ways that change us forever. So may we celebrate those times and moments without over-evaluating and over-analyzing them. However, as Jesus is transfigured on the mountain where there's light on that mountain, he's getting ready to go down to the valley below and encounter a a boy who is sick, a boy who is throwing himself on the ground, who has thrown himself into the fire, who is possessed by an evil spirit. Jesus is not just going down the mountain to encounter the boy possessed by the evil spirit. Jesus is going down the mountain to make his way to the cross. So the glory of the mountain becomes the glory seen in the crucifixion and even through suffering. We need a bit of the glory on the mountain so that we might see the glory in life's trials and tribulations. And not only that, we need the glory on the mountain. You see, they play into one another. The glory on the mountain is going to lead us to the suffering in the valley below in our lives and in the life of the world. Renewal and revival, when, we see, when our gaze is transfixed upon the transfigured one on the mountain of glory upon Jesus, we're going to end up engaging the suffering of the world or our eyes really haven't seen Jesus fully. You see, now some... <laughs> 
Some, they engage the suffering of the world, and engaging the suffering of the world, they see the transfigured one. They see Jesus. Some gather in worship, and gather in worship, and the overflow of worship is to engage the suffering of the world, but it always seems to be both. I've had some moments in my life, and I want to I encourage you to think about moments in your life where perhaps the transfigured one broke through, where you really saw. It may have been in a quiet, still place. It may have been on the farm, on the tractor, gazing up at the heavens. It may have been on a mountain. It may have been on the ocean. It may have been in a worship service. It may have been at a revival service. It may have been at a time of heartbreak when the comfort of God came through. It may have been in a moment of reflection. It may have been in all kinds of places, but I, I want to encourage you to see light on the mountain, the burning bush, and maybe by the time we leave today, we got some new glasses to see again. It was June the 13th, 1980. You know where we were June the 13th, 1980? That was a long time ago. It was Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th, June 1980. We were on a youth mission trip to North Dakota. And this was the, week, the weekend in between, and we were in the Badlands. We were away from all kinds of natural light. The stars were particularly bright that night. And I don't even remember words that were said or songs that were sung so much as there was just the heaviness of presence. You know what I mean? Like this group of teenagers was gathered around and we were sharing and somebody expressed, sometimes I have doubts. And the next thing you know, we're weeping and crying and the presence of God seems so close you could reach out and touch. Sometimes it's not quite so thick. It was just a few short years ago when we had traveled back to Kentucky over early December and we were at Emmanuel Baptist Church, a church where Cynthia and I grew up, where we were both baptized, where we were married, where the church that was sponsoring the mission trip that I just spoke of, we were at Emmanuel Baptist Church. And I took a walk. I felt a nudge to take a walk. The places I'd, a place I'd gone down the hallway that leads to the sanctuary. And I, all of a sudden, it was like my spiritual life, my journey, just like took my breath away. There's the pastor that said to my mom and dad, the Lord has something really special in store for you after the car wreck that we were in when I was two. There's the pastor that baptized us. There's stories. I mean, the stories just were thick as I was looking at the journey there. And keep in mind, by that time, I had, a lot of, I had a lot of miles underneath the ministry bridge. There were a lot of miles on the ministry tire, and there was, there was, some, there was some celebrations, and there was some heartbreak, and there were some, there were some wonderful things, and there was some disillusionment, and, and I was seeing God all the way through the whole story. It was like light was shining on the mountain for a moment. You hear the breakthroughs? You see what I'm talking about? I'm encouraging you to find those in your own life. Just the moments when God is just there. Sometimes it's subtle. Sometimes we have to be particularly quiet and particularly still. 
But God is there. But God is there. And there's light on the mountain. And that light on the mountain, those moments of revival, the transfiguration with Jesus for Peter, James, and John is equipping them to hang in there as Jesus goes the way of the cross. And equips them to hang in there until Pentecost comes and the Holy Spirit sends them out, equipping them to say, oh, but we have beheld his glory. <laughs> it's equipping them to deal with things when questions come and trials come and tough time comes. Oh, there's been moments. Sometimes they're so subtle you can't even hardly describe them, and I, I dare to even attempt, but on a mission trip where I was teaching Roma pastors the Gospel of Mark in Romania in, I think it was 2018 or 2019, it was similar to that moment in, in Emmanuel Baptist Church. And if you know anything about traveling overseas, you kind of have jet lag and time is different and you don't know when to sleep and when to be awake. And it was early in the week and I couldn't sleep. I'm just laying there. I'm laying there and I put on my headphones and I start listening to music. And I started listening to music that, well... that took me back to those high school days of the journey with Jesus then. Oh, it might have been Rust Half and the Imperials, if anybody knows what I'm talking about. You know, it's going, it's going back the late 70s and early 80s. I don't remember all it was, but, but it, was, it was taking me back. And some of it may be even songs that I don't appreciate as much now, but it took me back. And then it was in the now and I can't explain this, but it felt like there was like a, a zipper or a surgeon. God is like, I'm sewing everything up, like from way back then and right now and every area in between. I just got you and I've had you and you maybe didn't know it, but, but I've been here all along. And I wept, <laughs> laying there not able to go to sleep with my headphones on in a bunk bed in Bucharest, Romania. Oh, there's so many times, subtle and not so subtle. But when has there been light on the mountain for you? When has God broken through? When has he broken through? And it can be in times like, oh, sacred times where the tears fall thick, but you just know that God was there. In December, when Cindy and I walked in and Harma passed, the peace of God was there. As hard as it was in that hospital room at Central Baptist Hospital in Lexington, Kentucky, when my dad passed, but there was presence there. You see, there's light on the mountain. But the point this morning is that the light on the mountain is certainly for us to behold the glory of God, the glory of Jesus. Jesus, the one and only. Jesus, the one about whom the voice from heaven, God the Father, says, this is my son whom I love. Listen to him. And where's Jesus going? He's going to engage and endure suffering. He's going the way of the cross. He's going to redeem the world of, of sin and shame. He's on his way to stare suffering and Satan right in the face and take it on. 
You see, Jesus isn't going from the Mount of Transfiguration and to be ushered up into eternal bliss apart from engaging the suffering of the world, and neither are we. See, the light is going to shine in and through it all. It's going to prepare us. Father Richard Rohr, head of the Center for Action and Contemplation, author of probably 60 books and uh, tremendous thinker of the apophatic way. That's the mystical, contemplative way, by the way. Richard Rohr says there's two main pathways by which we know God better. Pathways of great love and great suffering or great pain. I suppose on one hand that doesn't always, that doesn't sound like, that sounds like 50% of good news. Or maybe it sounds like 100% of good news. Because you know what that tells me? That God is so good, God is so loving, and God is so kind that every part of our lives can be an open door to experience God's presence, to experiencing light on the mountain. Every bit of it, God will waste none of it. He'll use it all as a door to experience more of his transcendent, imminent, far away, yet as close as your next breath presence in our lives. So those times when you thought, when we thought God was perhaps the most absent, it was then that he was the most present. It was the, then that he was perhaps the most near of all. So as we stand today, February the 19th, 2023, on the last Sunday of Epiphany, on Transfiguration Sunday, the light shines on the mountain because the road to suffering is coming. And here is what these weeks of Lent and focusing upon the way of the cross, it is preparing us to see that not in spite of the cross, but in the cross, in surrendering to death even on a cross, the glory of God is most beautifully and fully revealed. That in the great love and the great suffering that we see in Jesus there, light shines on Mount Calvary. Let's pray. Eternal and loving God, you're better than we can imagine. More a God of holy love than we can stand. Teach us to see the moments along the way. Help us to be, uh, as is stated in the Gospel of Luke on the transfiguration, so help us to be fully awake or awake enough to see. So God, thank you for, for stars and for light and for the light of the world that is Jesus. May we see him continually in and through all things. Amen and amen. 
Thank you for listening to the First Baptist Church podcast. We invite you to worship with us every Sunday morning at 930 in Ottawa, Kansas. You can find more information about our church at www.fbcottawa.org.